Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NFL Week 13 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. I'm recording this on Wednesday as usual, but I'm actually recording this a little bit earlier in the day uh, than I normally do. Usually I record it pretty late at night, uh, but today I'm recording it uh, in the afternoon. The Steelers-Ravens game is actually going on right now, so uh, you're probably going to get my live reactions as the game goes on as I record. It's uh, just about the first quarter is about to end. I'm on the Ravens plus 10.5, and, and they're currently leading 7-6. This game has been just insanity so far. Uh, what, five turnovers already, I think? It is completely insane, and that is exactly what you would expect from a Wednesday afternoon game, I guess, and uh, also exactly what you'd expect in just the year 2020 in general. But here we are, late afternoon Wednesday. Uh, let's get into last week's picks. I guess the this game is still pending, so pending this Ravens bet. In week 12, uh, had a very good week. I finally broke my streak of going 500. There was three weeks in a row where I was 500. I broke that streak this week. I'm sitting at 10-5 and five for plus 4.74 units. Like I said, pending this Ravens pick, I'm on pen, uh, Ravens plus 10.5. So if that wins, uh, then I'll finish at 11-5, which I think will be my best week to date. Uh, that'll be 11-5 for like plus 5.68 units, something like that. Uh, if it loses, then I'll be 10-6 and six for plus 3.74 units, which is still a very, very good week. So I'll be happy with it regardless, whatever the outcome is. But, of course, the Ravens uh, cover here would be nice. So my season-to-date record pending this game is 91-81-3, plus 5.3 units. So we are looking pretty, pretty, pretty good here, friends. We have how many weeks left? 13, 14, 15. So it's five weeks left of NFL games, and I'm sitting in the profit. I've remained in the in, in the black for quite a long time. Let's stay there for the rest of the season. Uh, but yeah, let's take a look at last week's game, see how I did game by game. Thanksgiving. I had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, I hit both the bets I gave on the podcast, which is Texans lines over 51 and a half. That hit. And then I had Washington plus three against the Cowboys. That hit. I should have, should have just taken them out right, but that hit as well. On guys and bets, I gave Andy Dalton under his passing yards total for a prop bet. That hit as well. And then if you followed along on the Odd Shark Instagram at all, there was a props contest. It was between me, Jill, 
Joe and uh, Ninja, the four of us, for props contest during Houston and the Lions. I won that, which means I won a ton of beer. I had like 27 beer. Uh, They didn't last me very long. Uh, They were gone by the time Saturday night rolled around. Uh, If I have beer, if I have beer in my fridge, I know I was like on a sober streak before this, but I mean, if I have beer in my fridge, I'm going to drink it. I just don't, I don't have any kind of, uh, I don't have any kind of self-discipline. I'm probably the least self-disciplined person ever. I just, if there's beer in my fridge, I'm going to drink it. So those beer didn't last long, but free beer. It was a a very good Thanksgiving day for me. So 2-0 with the podcast picks. Like I've said before, when I give out prop bets, either on my Instagram or on guys and bets or anything like that, I don't count them to my season-long record, whether they win or lose, because this is the road to 256 bets. So we're sticking to 256 bets. So 2-0 on Thanksgiving. And then heading into the Sunday's games, uh, Cardinals Patriots over didn't hit that never really had a chance. Kyler Murray has looked not great the past couple games. Raiders Falcons. That was a terrible pick. And that was my best bet of the week too, in the Capra cup. And that wasn't even close. Falcons blew them out. Raiders looked all out of sorts. Couldn't move the ball against the Falcons. Terrible defense. It was uh, probably the weirdest game of the week. Uh, so that didn't hit chargers plus five and a half against the bills. Uh, actually had the chance for the backdoor cover chargers had like the ball on the goal line there right at the end of the game. If they would have just got it in then they would have had the backdoor cover but uh for some reason it was that yeah that was the game where Justin Herbert he was in a shotgun and then went up to the line and then just did a quarterback sneak but the offensive line didn't know so they just dropped back in pass protection which good luck doing a quarterback sneak when the line drops back in pass protection that will literally never work that that will work zero percent of the time it just doesn't make sense <laughs> uh so that didn't hit but to be fair probably didn't deserve to hit anyways and then Jaguars plus seven versus Browns that hit Panthers Vikings over 51 and a half that kind of got a little bit lucky that didn't look like it was going to hit all game and then there's a lot of points there late in the fourth quarter uh, so that did end, end up hitting Dolphins minus seven versus Jets that hit Giants Bengals under 43 that hit Titans money line my money line underdog of the week hit that was plus 155 against the Colts and that game wasn't even close Saints minus six versus Broncos uh, I was very lucky getting the line at minus six before they announced that they had to start uh, a practice squad wide receiver quarterback but then to be fair uh, the when they put the spread, it was back. It, they set it back at what thir- minus thirteen or minus sixteen. It ended up hitting anyways. Broncos only scored three points. I mean, who could have saw that coming? They didn't have. They literally didn't have a quarterback. Uh, so that hit with ease. Rams minus seven against the 49ers did not hit. More on the Rams later, but I'm. I don't know how I feel about Jared Goff right now. And then uh, Bucks, Chiefs under fifty six that hit. Packers minus eight and a half against the shitty Bears that hit. Um. Oh, I need to adjust this. I didn't fix this since uh, the Eagles Seahawks game. So disregard what I said earlier. What my uh, what my unit uh, record is so far this week. My bad. In my spreadsheet, I didn't put in my Eagles loss yet. My mistake. So disregard what I said at the end of the at the start of the show. There, I'm ten and five for plus three point seven four units. My mistake. So I'm either 11 and 5 or plus 4.7 or whatever. Actually, let me just do my thing here on the spreadsheet just to make sure. But I didn't put that Eagles game in his in his loss yet. So while I'm doing this, um, one of the I mean one of the downsides of me locking in my bets Wednesdays before I record the podcast is if the line moves against me, which I mean I would have guessed that it was going to move. It, oh no, it was yeah 4.74. I was right before. I don't know what my math was doing. Um, yeah, so plus 4.74 units. So I guess I just manually did the math without, without actually keying it in. Um, downside to lock my bets in Wednesday, sometimes it works in my favor like it did with the Saints this week. Sometimes it works against me. Uh, I mean, I, I would have guessed that money was going to come in on the Seahawks 
closed at plus six and a half. And if I got at the closing number, then I would have covered on that wild play at the end of uh, Monday Night Football there. But I didn't. I had it at plus five. So I will take my loss because uh, it didn't win with uh, that plus five number. I'm doing the math one more time. I don't know how I screwed up my spreadsheet here. I think I just manually entered in the loss without actually putting the loss next to the Eagle Seahawks game. So starting in that one, yeah, 4.74 units. So I just manually did the math. I didn't key it in my Excel sheet. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see how this uh, Raven-Steelers game goes. Steelers are driving as of right now. Um, yeah, so very, very good week overall. Uh, I mean, I didn't really have any terrible, terrible losses. I missed that Eagles there by... Uh, the different, uh, by the closing number, uh, Rams, I mean, it was a tie game late. They probably weren't going to cover, but it wasn't a terrible bet. I guess my only bad bet was the Raiders. That was the only one that wasn't even close to hitting Raiders minus three against the Falcons. That was just a weird game overall. I mean, Raiders just played the worst game of the season. Falcons probably played one of the best games of the season. It happens. But overall, I'm happy with everything. Uh, Capra Cup, I went three and two. Um, Capra Cup's really interesting because I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the Odd Shark Capra Cup at all. I'm just outside the top 10, but they're doing a thing where you single out your best bet of the week and your best bet is worth two points. Well, I have not been hitting my best bets whatsoever, so my record is actually a winning record. And I actually have a better record than a couple of the guys uh, close to the top of the leaderboard. I think even one guy in the top five, I have a better win-loss ratio than than he does. But I, I rarely have hit my best bets, which has just been screwing me. Those two-point wins are, are huge. Um, but another thing about the Capra Cup that I actually really like, and I would encourage you guys to go take a look at the leaderboard, is that there are a lot of people in the Capra Cup, a lot of known handicappers on the internet, um, and there are some people who usually charge for their picks. Most people on the leaderboard give their picks out for free, and most, or some people, a handful of people, uh, charge for their picks. And to see where people stand in the standings compared to the people who charge for the picks and people who give their picks out for free, uh, very interesting. I mean, you would think if you sell your picks and packages that you would be close to the top of the leaderboard and these kinds of things, but yeah, I don't know. Go take a look at it for yourself. <laughs> the only other thing I have to say before we get into my week 13 picks, um, as the Steelers are about to score a touchdown, I bet. Nope. Okay. Um... Plans for the podcast in the future. Uh, I keep saying Joe has agreed to come on the podcast. I am going to get him on. The NFL season is hectic for me. It's hectic for me for my actual job with Odd Shark, which is 90% behind the scenes. 90% of the things I do for Odd Shark, you guys don't see or notice. Uh, the NFL season is just completely hectic for me. I'm working way over what is just supposed to be the given. Like on Sundays, I work from the time I wake up until the time I go to bed. I'm not complaining about all this. The reason why I'm saying this is because... Uh, that my job with odd shark always comes first before this podcast. So because I'm so busy during football season, I haven't been able to do, uh, things with a podcast that I've wanted to do, uh, interviews, different segments. I want to segment the show. So it's not just me ranting and giving out picks. Um, I have a lot of plans. I got guests lined up and everything. Um, I've been lazy trying to find a spot. Well, not lazy trying to find a sponsor. I just have no time. Uh, but my schedule with Odd Shark slows down once the NFL regular season is over. Even in the playoffs, I have a lot more free time. It's, I mean, it's the primetime games that screw me because any night that there's a primetime game, I have to basically work all day. So um, once the NFL season is over, and then I'm going to get into college basketball, which I know a lot of people are waiting for my college basketball picks. So really, January 1st, this podcast is going to change up a little bit. I'm going to have a lot of interviews. I'm going to have different segments. I'm going to talk about college basketball quite a bit. 
Um, but really for the rest of the month, it's really just going to be these Thursday episodes, me uh, ranting about my best bets for each NFL week. So be patient with me. Twenty twenty one is going to be a big year for the podcast. I'm very excited for it. Uh, once again, just to reiterate, I'm not complaining about how much I work with my odd shark, jo- odd shark, odd shark job. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's just I'm busy. It's just it is what it is. I love what I do, um, but I'm busy. It takes up a lot of time during the NFL season. A lot of stuff to do. Um, also, two games missing lines for that I won't have picks on this podcast: Washington Steelers. I couldn't find a line for it yet, and then Cowboys Ravens. Obviously, because those t- two teams are playing as I record, so I'll have to tweet out my picks for those two games. But for the other thirteen games. I have my bets officially locked in. So without further ado, let's get into the NFL week 13 episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 All right, let's get into week 13. The Steelers just kicked a field goal to go up by two. That's still fine. I got Ravens plus 10.5, so we're looking good right now a few minutes into the second quarter. But let's get into Sunday's games. There's no Thursday night football game this week, obviously, because it was supposed to be the Ravens-Cowboys. Uh, they're not going to make the Ravens play back-to-back games, but that were back-to-back days. That would just be absolutely insane. Uh, so no Thursday night football this week, so let's jump right ahead through to the Sunday's games. Bengals-Dolphins. Uh, let's get this bad game out of the way. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I don't want Dolphins fans mad at me again, but I am going to take the under 42 and a half minus 110. So I'm not backing the Dolphins. The spread's like 11 and a half, which I think is a wild spread, but I also don't know if the Bengals are going to score any points on offense. So as much as I kind of want to take the Bengals to keep it within that number, um, they might just get shut out to be completely honest. So I am going to take the under 42, excuse me, and a half instead. Two bad offenses. Bengals terrible. Dolphins, to be honest, I'm sorry, Dolphins fans, don't get mad at me. Your offense, I mean, just hasn't really been good this year in a lot of different stats. So, like I said last week, you kind of have to dismiss the the Bengals' offensive numbers pre-Joe Burrow injury because different quarterback, different team. Uh, but their season average for offensive yards per game heading into this week is 331.5. Last week, without Burrow, they got just 155. Um, so not so great offense, clearly now a lot worse. Uh, and then we're going to look at the Dolphins who, despite the record, hasn't had a great year offensively. I've said it, uh, 30th in yards per game, 20th in punts per offensive score, 25th in yards per play, 21st and third down conversion percentage and dead last in yards per carry. They literally have the worst rushing offense in the NFL, which is kind of the core issue to a lot of their offensive woes, especially recently. Um, I think a big a big reason why Tua started struggling and Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't look great last week against the Jets either is because teams are now not even worrying about the run because they're terrible at, at running the ball, at blocking, at run blocking. So now teams are just dropping back in coverage and it's not leaving a lot of open receivers. So uh, hopefully the Bengals can key in on that as well. Um, like I said, I was originally going to take Bengals uh, plus the 11.5 points because I think that's a wild spread between two not-so-great teams. But the Bengals just... Their offense is so bad with Oboro, they might not even get 10 points. So um, I am going to take the under 42.5 at minus 110 between the Bengals and the Dolphins. Uh, then Browns-Titans. Uh, very, very interesting game, even outside from a betting perspective, because I've been preaching all season on this podcast that I think the Browns and the Titans are very similar teams. They both rely on establishing the run. They both have some holes on defense. Both teams' success kind of hinges on how well they can run the ball against their opponent. So let's actually... Start right there, shall we? Let's look at each team's run defense. 
Browns 11th in opponent yards per carry, 4 at 4.1. The Titans are 16th, allowing 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, Browns 9th in opponent yards per game. Titans are 16th, so slight advantage to the Browns as far as run defense goes. Uh, But let's look at some more stats here. Titans 5th in red zone offense, very good, but Browns are 8th. So basically wash for red zone offense. Red zone defense, Titans are 30th. Third last in red zone defense. Browns are ninth. So advantage Cleveland for red zone defense. Then let's look at third down. Titans ninth and third down offense. Browns are 20th. So that advantage goes to the Titans. But the Titans are still dead last in opponent third down conversion percentage. But Browns really aren't that much better. 24th. So basically a wash there as well. So what I'm kind of getting at... Um, Oh, by the way, also Titans have a better pass offense, but the Browns have a better pass defense. So what I'm kind of getting at is that it's mostly a wash. Statistically, these two teams are very, very similar. The Browns have the edge in a few different categories. The Titans have the edge in a few different categories. So um, because of that, I will take the team that's getting the points. Uh, The six points seems like a big spread for me for these two teams that are pretty evenly matched from a statistic standpoint. I mean, I, I like Tannehill more than I like Baker Mayfield, but I'm going to rely on these numbers, and the numbers are telling me this is a very close game, so I will take the team that's getting six points. Give me Browns plus six. Minus 115 is the juice on that one. Uh, then we're going to look at Lions, Bears, under 44 is my pick for that game. Uh, this game stinks. I'm taking the under. No game involving the Chicago Bears should have a total in the 40s. You guys know how I feel about the Bears. They're quite literally either second last or dead last in every single offensive category, and it's not even close. It's the rest of the NFL, and then it's the Bears and Jets. They are the worst five-win team in NFL history. I'm going on record saying that. When I first went on the Bears when they were 5-1 and one and called them frauds, by the way, I was right. They haven't won a game since I went on that rant. I said they're an 8-8 eight and eight team at best. Um... I think I think the Bears are a five-win team. I don't know if they're going to win again. Uh, I kind of wanted to take the Lions as underdogs, honestly, but, I mean, who kind of knows with the Lions? Maybe the Lions are going to show up with Matt Patricia finally gone. They finally fired that bum. Um, but I, the Lions' defense is what kills me. So the Bears' offense, the Lions' defense, neither are good. Lions are averaging just 22.9 points per game. The Bears are averaging a lowly 19.6 points per game. Um I mean, this game just makes me feel sick to my stomach. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to watch a second of it. Give me the under. These teams stink. I won't even be mad if I lose this bet. I can't bet on either team, and I certainly can't bet on the over with the Bears offense. I learned my lesson. Um, it was a few weeks ago. It was the Monday Night Football game, wasn't it, when it was the Bears taking on the Vikings, and I took the over because the Vikings have one of the worst defenses in the league, and I said, well, I mean, if the Vikings defense is so bad, the Bears should at least be able to get some points against them. And the Bears got uh, absolutely none. They got 13 points and 149 yards against one of the worst defenses in the league in the Vikings. So um, I don't trust the Bears offense against the Lions bad defense either. So, I mean, this game stinks. I'm taking the under 44 and moving on with my life. The juice is minus 110. Colts, Texans. I'm going to back the Colts here. I don't know why this spread is. I got it so juiced at at Bovada. I mean, I hate minus 125 bets, but uh, Colts minus three. Colts minus three, minus 125 against the Texans. I think this is a massive overreaction to last week's game. Only three points spread in this game is insane. Uh, the Colts played just about as bad as they can play uh, against the Titans last week. The Texans played one of their best games of the season against the Lions on Thanksgiving. Um, so I think it's an overreaction. Colts should be favored by five, I think. Probably five points makes a little bit more sense. Um, and the big defense, uh, the big reason is their defenses. 
yes, the Colts defense has been exposed recently, but they're, I mean, they're certainly not a top five defensive unit. Like they kind of seem like they were at the, at the start of the season, but they're still a very solid unit. Fifth in opponent yards per game, seventh in opponent yards per play, 14th in opponent yards per pass attempt, uh, 10th in opponent points per game. So still, I mean, they're probably hovering around a top 10 defense, maybe slightly outside the top 10, uh, still given their somewhat weak schedule. But then let's look at the Texans defense. 30th, 30th, 27th, and 23rd in those same uh, statistics that I just listed for the Colts. They're also dead last in run defense, so they're the worst run defense in the NFL. They're allowing 4.9 yards per carry. That's terrible, 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 terrible. Also, 154.7 opponent rushing yards per game. Uh, When the Lions get over 100 rushing yards against you, you know you have a problem. So despite the Texans winning by a lot on Thursday uh, on Thanksgiving, they gave up over 100 yards on the ground to the Lions, and the Lions are like the, one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL. Uh, so I think the Colts' defense can slow down Deshaun Watson, uh, and the Texans' defense couldn't slow down a local Houston high school team. So I'm going to take the Colts to cover in this one, uh, and this will be a Capper Cup pick. Is it my best Capper Cup pick? Um, I actually wrote down my Capper Cup picks this week. No, it's not my number one pick, but it is going to be one of my top five best bets of the week. Uh, so there you go. Colts minus three. I love them, love them, love them, love them. Uh, what we got in here next? Vikings against the Jaguars. A lot of big spreads this week, and I'm taking the favorite and most of them. Uh, which doesn't uh, doesn't feel right. But, I mean, I got to look at the analytics, and I got, I got to make my pick. And I think Vikings cover this 10-point spread against the Jaguars. It's minus 10 at minus 110 is the juice. As the Steelers got the ball back, now they're continuing to drive. So, I mean, score touchdown here, and then it'll be, they'll almost be covering. Yikes. Um, yeah, I, I, this is a tough bet to make, but I think Mike Lennon stinks, and last week against the Browns was just a bit of an anomaly. Um, also, despite their not-so-hot record, the Vikings actually have a lot of really encouraging stats. I wouldn't be shocked, actually, if the Vikings get in as the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs, especially with how the Cardinals have played lately. Uh, They are fourth in the NFL in net yards per play, plus 0.4. Jaguars are third last at minus one. Vikings are also seventh in offensive yards per game, fourth in yards per carry, second yards per pass attempt, and first in red zone offense, the best team in the red zone so far this season. Great stuff. Uh, Now their defense has given me a little bit of pause to bet on them as a, to cover as a double digit uh, favorite. Uh, but they do have a couple bright spots on defense as well. They're sixth and third down defense and third and red zone defense. So first and red zone offense, third and red zone defense. Very encouraging for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but like I said, everywhere else I will be fair. The Vikings defense, bottom 10, bottom 5 in the league when you look at things like opponent yards per game and opponent points per game. Uh, but I think they can beat up on this bad Jaguars team who has basically mailed it in this year. The Jaguars are 1-10. Um I mean, I, I don't know what else you want me to say about them. They suck at everything. Mike Lennon played half decent last week. James Robinson, here's something I'll say nice about the Jaguars. Jaguar, J- James Robinson, one of the best uh, rookies in the league this year. But he needs a lot more help. Um, they have holes all over the team. I'll take the Vikings to cover the double-digit spread. Certainly not comfortable with it. This is definitely not a Capper Cup pick, I will say that. Then we're going Jets-Raiders. Um, oh, I'm going to regret this one. I've said week after week that I wouldn't bet on the Jets anymore this season. But I think this line being over a touchdown against the Raiders actually has a tiny bit of value. I hate it. I really do. But I'm going to take the Jets plus 8 at minus 110. 
And listen, I don't have any analytics or statistics to back this up, so I, I guess this is my gut feeling pick of the week, so you probably not a good idea to tail this. And you know what? I actually made this a Capra Cup pick too, so no analytics to back it up, but I, my gut likes it so much that I'm taking it in the Capra Cup too, which is a, such a stupid move by me. Why am I doing this? Why am I betting on the Jets? I know I'm going to regret this on Sunday, um, but I think it's too many points. The Raiders looked terrible last week against the Falcons. Sam Darnold's back for the Jets. Yes, they only scored three points last week against the Dolphins, but I don't know. To be honest, I actually kind of wanted to take them on the money line, uh, but I'm, I don't have the balls enough to do that. But eight points, I mean, the Raiders stink. Uh, I, I I don't have any, any analytics. Here, I got one. I found one. The Jets are sixth in red zone defense. Yeah, that's very surprising, but their defense is actually really good in the red zone. Um, they're also not the worst run offense in the league either. 21st in yards per carry. I mean, that's still bad. It's still in the bottom half, but it's not in the bottom 10. <laughs> so that, that that's all I got for nice things to say about the Jets. But I'm going to back them, and I'm going to hate myself for doing it. I'm going to hate myself. Jets plus 8, minus 110. I wish I had someone else on this podcast with me that could have talked me out of that pick, but it's already locked in. It's too late. I hate it. Uh, Saints Falcons. This is a Capper Cup pick as well. Um, Saints. It's very weird that they're only a two and a half or three point favorite going against the Falcons after they completely beat them up a couple weeks ago. Um, but I'm not going to bet on them. I'm actually going to take the over. I'm going to take the over 46 at minus 110. I think it's a low total in this game. I think it's an overreaction to how each team's defenses have played lately. Uh, Saints have only allowed a total of 28 points over the last four games, which which is insanely good. And all their defensive stats, like I said last week, are first or second net in that span. I mean, we can kind of disregard last week. They went up against a team that literally didn't have a quarterback. But have they been playing outstanding lately? Yes. But just because the defense plays well over a four-game stretch doesn't necessarily mean that's going to hold up over a larger sample size. The NFL is weird because they only play one game a week. So when a team goes on a good stretch for like two, three, four games, it feels like they've been playing well forever. Um but teams in every sports go in these short spurs, but like a four-game stretch in college basketball would last like 10 days, maybe two weeks. A four-game stretch in the NFL lasts four weeks, so it feels like it's been forever. Uh, but the Saints at the start of the year weren't that great of a defense. I mean, it's the same guys out there, so I think they have been playing well, but I just don't think they're going to keep playing as well as they have lately. Same thing can kind of be said about the Falcons. Falcons defense have been playing well. They played very well last week against the Raiders. Um, but I just don't think they're going to keep playing that well. Um, Falcons did put up 248 yards against the Saints a couple weeks ago. Only managed nine points. They stalled in the red zone quite a few times. But for what it's worth, they're actually better in the red zone at home compared to on the road. They score a touchdown on 56.52% of red zone trips at home. That goes down to 47.06% on the road. And also, don't forget... Despite the Saints' red zone defense stepping up um, a couple weeks ago against the Falcons, they're still actually the second-worst red zone defense in the NFL. Uh, And the Falcons' red zone defense is 29th, uh, so fourth-last red zone defense in the NFL. So that's always good for an over-bet as well. So I think 46 is too low for this game. I think it's an overreaction to recent results, a little bit of a recency bias. I will take the over 46 at minus 110 in that one, and that is a Capra Cup pick as well. So that's a top-five bet. Uh, then we got Rams Cardinals. Don't like this pick either. I'm going to keep riding the Rams though. I've rode them the past few weeks. I'm going to keep riding them here today. They're minus three at even money. I got the juice for that one. Um, I mean, we all know the X factor in Rams games right now. I've kind of talked about it in recent episodes as well, but it's Jared Goff. If he plays well, even if he just plays like above average, they win and they win pretty handedly. If he doesn't play well, they lose. 
And I know that seems kind of obvious when talking about a quarterback, but it's even more true for Jared Goff. He might have the lowest floor of all NFL starting quarterbacks. When he's bad, he is bad. And he was absolutely terrible last week against the 49ers. But in saying that, I'm still going to take the Rams because just their team as a whole is a lot better. They're 8th in the NFL in rush attempts per game. So Sean McVay likes to get the run game going. We all know that. That's a big thing I've liked about Sean McVay's play calling this year. Uh, And the Cardinals are allowing the 22nd most rushing yards per game and the 22nd highest opponent yards per carry. So their Cardinals are not good at stopping the run. That should help the Rams offense out. Also, the Rams' defense might be the best defense in the NFL. Second in opponent yards per game, first in opponent yards per play, first in opponent yards per pass attempt, fourth and third down defense, sixth in opponent yards per carry. So it's really night and day between these two defensive units, uh, between the Rams' defense and the Cardinals' defense. So that's another reason why I like the Rams. Also, is Kyler Murray hurt? As soon as I apologized and said I was wrong about calling him overrated, Kyler Murray has played like shit. So I, like, reverse jinxed my own hot take after I backpedaled on the hot take. Because if I would have just waited a couple more weeks, I probably wouldn't have apologized for it. Because Kyler Murray has not been good the past two weeks. Um, But I'm going to live or die on Jared Goff's performance here. I'll take Rams minus three at even money. Seahawks minus 10 get minus 110 against the Giants. I said that there was a few big favorites I'm taking this week. This is another one. Uh, I was on the Eagles last week against Seahawks. Um, like I said, I, it didn't hit because I didn't have the closing number. I had plus five, but even the closing number, that shouldn't have hit. Um, and basically, this is the same game for the Seahawks, except in my opinion is what is what is an even worse overall team in the Giants. Um. So the Giants offense, I think even worse, maybe maybe probably just as bad as the Eagles offense, and they don't have near the pass defense the Eagles had. One of the big reasons why I like the Eagles was because their pass defense has been a top 10 unit in the league. I thought they were going to slow down Russell Wilson. They actually did slow down Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson didn't have a great game, but their offense was so bad, they couldn't. it didn't matter. Um, but the Giants are not even close to as good as stopping the pass as the Eagles are, so I think that Russell Wilson is going to have a bounce-back game. Giants defense, 19th in opponent passing yards per game, also 19th in opponent passing yards per attempt, so they're, they're, they're in the bottom half of the league in pass defense. Um, also, are you going to bet on Colt McCoy? I didn't even know he was still in the NFL, to be fair. I mean, good for him. I'm not betting on him, though. Uh, even with how bad the Seahawks defense is, I'm not going to do it. And by the way, to be fair, I've been shitting on the Seahawks defense all year. They've actually gotten quite a bit better over the last few games, Uh, especially with their pass rush with Carlos Dunlap in their lineup. They have a little bit of a pass rush now. Over the last three games, they're actually fourth in sack percentage at 8.76%, which is a big step up from their season average, which even still includes those three good games at 5.94%. So if you take out those last three games, um, it's probably like a 5% increase in pass uh, sack percentage also they've actually got a better a lot better um defending the pass lately too with uh uh, Shaquille Griffin um healthy again Shaquille Griffin's a corner right who's his brother with uh who's his brother with one hand Shaquille Griffin's a corner who's his brother the defensive end I just want to make sure Shaquille is the corner right Griffin are they twins no Shaquille, Shaquem. Well, I mean, you come on. What are you doing naming two brothers Shaquille and Shaquem? Shaquem? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm putting myself in a bad spot mispronouncing these names. But they both start with Shaq. What are you doing? You're just asking for troubles there. Uh, but yeah, Shaquille, uh, 
now Shaquille yeah the corner he, he's back the Seahawks pass defense to get back to my point has been a lot better once he's been healthy um, still last in opponent passing yards per game if you look at the whole season but if you look at just the last three games they're closer to around middle of the pack at 240 per game so pass defense has gotten a little bit better the past couple games I'll give him credit because I have been spending a lot of time shitting on him this season uh, so in saying that I will lay the points with the Seahawks I'll take a minus 10 at minus 110 also this game's at home last week they had to travel to philadelphia this week they're at home so i think the spread should be a little bit higher i'll take the minus 10 at minus 110 uh let's move on to the patriots and the chargers game uh i am gonna back the patriots minus one at minus 105 i don't have a whole lot of underdogs this week i have a couple but um because my, my gut actually wanted to take the chargers my gut feeling says chargers but there's two big factors that is making me take the patriots uh, ooh, huge run by RG3. Go, 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 go. Ooh, baby. He might have just hit his rushing total prop uh, in one run right there. I didn't place that bet, but I, I, I thought long and hard about it. Yeah, gain of 39, and his rushing prop total was like 37 and a half, wasn't it? It's definitely in the 30, so yeah, he just hit his uh, rushing total prop in one bet. Go Ravens. Um... 11 and 5. 11 and 5 is going to be my best week of the Ravens cover here, right? I'm jinxing myself. Back to the picks for week 13. <laughs> Patriots, Chargers, two reasons why I love the Patriots here. First one, this is the best coach in the NFL, arguably the best coach in NFL history, as much as it hates me, it, it pains me to say it, um, against the worst coach in the NFL outside of Adam Gase. Let's not include Adam Gase in that because he's not even deserving to be referred to as an NFL coach. <clears throat> but Anthony Lynn is an all-time idiot. Some of the things he's doing is just mind-numbing. Worst clock management I've ever seen in the sport of football. He runs a clock down and then calls a timeout and then just, like, kicks a field goal. Like, he goes back and forth. He doesn't know what to do with his timeouts. He's an idiot. He's an all-time idiot. No way I can bet on him to outsmart Bill Belichick. I'm not doing it. I don't care with a talent on either team. I'm not doing it. Also, great matchup for the Patriots offense. 43.12% of the Patriots offensive yards come on the ground, so they love to run the ball. We've known that about them all season. Meanwhile, Chargers, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Third most opponent yards per carry. Teams are getting 4.8 yards per rush against them. Only the Texans and the Cowboys have a worse run defense than the Chargers. Um, So with those two big points being said, I will take the Patriots minus one at minus one zero five. Packers, minus 8.5, minus 110 against the Eagles. Um, I'm on another big favorite here this week, but I can't in good faith bet on Carson Wentz. The guy can't hit the ocean from a boat. He can't hit the broadside of a burn. If he was playing a game of horse, he would be H-O-R-S-E in the first five turns. If he was doing like that, you know, that Dr. Pepper challenge they do like at halftime of college football games where they like throw the ball in the hole. It's like a Dr. Pepper can or whatever. He would lose. There would be fans in the stands that would beat him in that Dr. Pepper throw challenge thing. He stinks. He absolutely stinks. Not only does he stink, to be fair, his offensive line is the worst offensive line in the entire NFL. Wentz gets sacked on 9.77% of dropbacks, which is, I mean, that's absolutely insane. The next closest is 8.25%. That's Washington, by the way. So a whole percent and a half worse than the next worst offensive line as far as pass protection. I don't even need to cite any Packers stats for this pick. This is just a huge fade of an offense that literally hurts my soul to watch. That was, I don't know what they were doing on Monday night uh, against the against the Seahawks. And also, you know who else sucks for the Eagles, by the way? Doug Peterson. I assume he's calling the plays. Whoever's calling the plays for them, I'm, I think it's Doug Peterson. 
He sucks. Listen to this. Eagles, they call a passing play 64.88% of the time, which is the second highest mark in the NFL. So they throw the ball the second most times out of any other team in the NFL, but yet they're second last in the NFL in yards per pass attempt. But listen to this. They're third in yards per carry. They're one of the best running teams in the NFL, but they refuse to run the ball. Run the ball! What are you guys doing? You're at, they're averaging five yards per carry. Run the fucking ball, you morons! You have Carson Wentz missing his receivers by 20 yards, and you have uh, 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 running backs who are averaging five yards a carry. Run the ball! I don't know. No one is running the ball as few times as they are outside of the Chicago Bears, but yet they're averaging five yards a carry. Run the ball! This is a spike bet. I'm going Packers minus eight and a half. I'm not betting on Carson Wentz. Can't do it, won't do it. Packers minus eight and a half. And then finally, a big spread where I'm going to take the underdog Broncos Chiefs. I'm going to take the Broncos plus 14. So yes, the Broncos are bad. But once a spread bet gets to the two touchdown mark, it's hard to convince me to take the favorite. 14 points, that's two touchdowns. That's It's got to be the Chiefs are what? 19 and a half against the Jets. But the Jets are just on a different level of bad. I, I don't know. I can't do 14 against the Broncos. Um, especially with how the Chiefs have kind of played down to their competition a few times this season. They only beat the Chargers by three, only beat the Panthers by two. They lost outright to the Raiders once and then only beat them by four the second time. Yes, they did completely beat up the Broncos the first game. What was it, like 41-13, I think it was. Uh, but actually, you might be surprised to know this, the Broncos actually outgained them. Uh, Broncos had 411 yards that game. Chiefs had 286, believe it or not. Uh, so the I mean, the big difference maker in that game was Broncos had four turnovers. I think they had two picks and two fumbles. Uh, but that game was actually a lot closer outside of the turnovers than what the score indicates. Chiefs also dead last in red zone defense, which you might not know. So that's not good. Um, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs. It always is. But it's so many points. It's 14 is just ripe for a backdoor cover. I'm going to plug my nose. I'm going to take the Broncos plus the points. And then Monday Night Football, last game to go over on the podcast. Uh, I hate this bet too, but it, I don't know. I'm going 49ers as underdogs at home, plus 2.5, minus 105. I mean, I'll be honest, maybe I'm doing this because I'm taking so many favorites this week that I kind of feel like I have to toss in a couple more underdogs. I have no money line underdogs this week. Maybe, I, no, I won't in either of the two. Yeah, so no money line underdogs this week. I apologize. Don't like any of them. And I'm too many big spreads. Uh, maybe take the 49ers if we want to take a shot. A couple of reasons why I like them. I'm not doing money line, but I got them plus 2.5, minus 105. 49ers is one of the most effective teams running the ball in the NFL. We saw that last week when they, when they pounded the Rock against the Rams. Well, Buffalo has one of the worst run defenses in the league. 27th in opponent yards per carry, allowing 4.7 yards per rush. Also, Buffalo loves to throw the ball. 71.98% of their yards come through the air, which is a seventh highest rate in the NFL. 49ers pass defense, though, pretty good. We saw that last week against the Rams as well. 11th in opponent yards per pass attempt, fourth in opponent uh, passing yards per game. So not confident with this bet whatsoever either, uh, but I I am going to back the 49ers plus 2.5 at minus 105 at home to the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. So there you go. Those are my picks. Um, I will review the picks. I'll just quickly uh, list them off, and then I'll give you my five cap or cut picks once again. No line as of recording this podcast for Washington Steelers, Cowboys, Ravens, uh, because uh, Steelers and Ravens are playing right now as we speak. Uh, Ravens, I think, are actually in field goal position. Uh, so my bet for that is looking decent if they can score here. But week 13 pick so far, I will tweet out my picks for the other two games later in the week. I got Bengals, Dolphins, under 42.5, minus 110. Browns, plus 6, minus 115 against the Titans. Lions, Bears, under 44, minus 110. Colts, minus 3, minus 125 against the Texans. 
bad juice. I, w- I wish I got better juice on that, but alas, regardless, whatever. Vikings minus one, minus ten, minus one ten against the Jaguars. Jets plus eight, minus one ten against the Raiders. Saints Falcons over forty six, minus one ten. Rams minus three, even money against the Cardinals. Seahawks minus ten, minus one ten against the Giants. Patriots minus one, minus one hundred five against the Chargers. Packers minus eight and a half, minus one ten against the Eagles. Broncos plus fourteen. Uh, against the Chiefs, I did not write down the juice for that. Let me just double check what I got for the juice, because uh, I want to make sure I'm as accurate as possible here, people. I don't want don't want you guys to think I'm not I'm uh, making these lines up here. Uh, so yeah, it's just minus one ten. So Broncos plus fourteen, minus one ten against Kansas City, and then uh, the Bill or Forty Niners plus two and a half, minus one hundred five against the Bills. My five Capper Cup picks of the week. My best bet of the week is Seahawks minus 10. Now, as I talked about in the intro to the podcast, my best bets for the Capper Cup have not been hitting uh, at a very high rate. So you might be want to be careful about my Seahawks minus 10 bet, but that's my best bet of the week. I think they crushed the Giants. Uh, and then I got Saints Falcons over 46. Jets plus, it's plus nine in Capper Cup. I got a plus eight in the sports book. Um, Colts minus three and Packers minus eight and a half. So Seahawks, Jets, Colts, Packers, and the over and Saints Falcons are my five best bets of the week. But there you guys have it. I don't have anything else for you. November's over. I shaved my mustache. Um, I feel like there's something else I wanted to talk about, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, don't donate to Movember anymore. I got the donation link to uh, the show back up. If you want to donate to the show while I'm, uh, we'll hopefully get some time one of these next few weeks to try to find a sponsor for the show. Uh, that's that. That's it. Subscribe, rate, and review. I appreciate everyone who has been listening, who has been sticking through it. Uh, the kind DMs that some of you have been sending me, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, best of luck with your bets this week. I love you all. We'll talk next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.